We're rolling. We're rolling. Cheers, sir. The smallest coffees in the world. Small but great. It's half full. A phrase you've heard many times. It's not about how big it is. <laughs> it's how you use it. An espresso-sized coffee certainly has more of a bang than a regular full-size coffee. I have actually manned up and purchased the larger espresso pods. Oh, the worst. Other than that piddly machine that you refuse to get rid of in our office the coffee pods are like that honestly they're tiny they're like it's an that. espresso reflective of another thing of yours which is like that and I just so many, yeah. just like that other thing completely useless and just nothing but disappointment emanates from that we're starting the video now <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> and so it's actually a full-sized full-sized it's delicious coffee but on on a side note to this um you're still talking. Okay. Yeah, no, the so I didn't realize, but the larger coffee machines, if you flip the pod upside down, you'll see a little barcode on the rim. And that barcode actually gets read by the machine on how to brew it properly. So not every coffee cup is the same. Didn't know that. Coffee connoisseurs. Well, we are that. That's going to be another another part of the show, hey? That's another channel. It's another channel. Check us out on Coffee Connoisseurs and Mankles. No, that's the worst idea. It's been a while since I've plugged Mankles. Come on. No, because the people are still commenting with regards. And that shows you what the people want, apparently. I haven't plugged Mankles and everyone's like, I love your ankles. I love your socks. That's why this is so strategic. The feet are out of the scenes. We're more than just our ankles. All scenes. We're human beings. Jesus, we have feelings. Um, But today... I'm going to talk about a delicious conversation called cryptocurrency, sir. Back to the alternative investing channel. We like to live on the edge. We did NFTs a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Very good response on that video, actually. I expected a response, but that's a lot better than uh, a response than I expected. Um, Comments, likes. Had a lot of people through Instagram comment, actually, as well. Thank you for that. Started uh, conversations on that. Um, had nothing to do with you, but yeah, it was good. And in, <laughs> Look, the, in, in the tradition of that, importantly though, if you do like the conversations and you do like the topics, please do hit like, and please do hit subscribe. Um, we are more than just pretty faces trying to deliver some good conversation about these types of things for you. And we appreciate every subscriber. I'll leave the arrogance there and I'll say we are more than realtors and that we do discuss these sorts of things off camera. So we thought we should bring these conversations on the camera because they're important uh they're what everyone's not everyone but what a lot of everyone should be talking about outside of of work and yeah this is (laughs) this talk is going to be interesting because part of the story of crypto you know what we should have done keep going nah part of the story of crypto now now i want to know is how screwed up the government is ah i love it (laughs) So it, it's going to bleed over into Whoa, a fantastic, fantastic video. Anyway, how, how should we have done this? Well, you can't have crypto without the sensitive vegan. Oh, we should not have invited the sensitive vegan. No, remember we did the video with him before? He was a first time home buyer. We, oh, I, and then I did a sensitive <laughs> vegan cooking episode, cooked burgers. We should have brought him into the crypto. Intentionally, it was sent to me. I never watched it. You didn't watch it? I think I disliked it and then clicked off of it immediately. <laughs> it's hilarious. Is it actually? Is it actually though? Yes. Is it? <sighs> it's awesome. Me in the kitchen, 
essentially being true. You know, he all his faults. Annie's Mac, Mac, and uh, all that. Well, I would have been director of that episode, but I was, I was the, I was listening to. I was the um, the assistant. We'll say, and it's one time in life I was actually the assistant. Um, But yeah, he directed me through the cooking. You know, he's a trained chef, professional. I do know. And he's gifted at that. I'll give yes, that. so he directed me through the cooking of these uh, vegan hamburgers. It is hilarious. This was before um, the Beyond Meat Burgers became Beyond Meat Burgers. It was a while ago. It's got to be a year. Oh, it's got to be ago. more. Than, it's got to be no, like it's two a couple years. years yeah, it was in Raver's Kitchen. Also sold by Guinness Market. It's, if, it, uh, it's still McInnes Marketing when this video comes out. And if it doesn't, if we are out before that change, we've got a big change coming, which we'll discuss in a whole oh, other video. Oh, it's coming. There's so many videos. So many videos. See, this is what I mean. We need to segregate out to different channels within the main channel. Yeah. Because there's just so much going on. Anyway, today we're talking about crypto, cryptographic currencies. Yeah. Which is a big kind Bitcoin of... Bitcoin is the one that most people have heard of. Yeah. So I'm going to preface that because some people are going to be like, what's crypto? Bit I don't think anyone's going to say what's crypto, but people are going to say like, why are you dealing in that shady gray market? Shady gray market. Okay, so the, I'm going to leave this in here. And I'm going to slightly with pressure put down my coffee mug to show I mean business on this here. Um, but to throw this in there, because it, it's funny because a lot of people have said said this to me. They're like, it's it's dodgy it's dodgy and it's shady there's the yeah. whole like silk road thing that came out with bitcoin and it's, all of that it, type of stuff you haven't read that book have you uh, american Pin book about no. silk road about the owner i forget his name no i haven't read it i think it's called american kingpin you have to don't read it listen to it it's 2021 2021 but uh it's really good and it goes through all that and of course bitcoin is is a big part of that sorry sorry to interrupt so anyway so fundamentally here so bitcoin the founder of um, of cryptocurrency that was actually started a while back, and it was actually targeting the two point six billion people who are not part of the modern day banking system. So we're talking about the people who, like women who live in Afghanistan, for example. That was a big one. That was a, a, a key one because culturally, for whatever reason, they're not allowed bank accounts. Um, they still live in the, the day and age where, you know, women are subservient. And if the women do get paid, it gets paid into the male bank account. And very rarely do the women see that. Africa, a lot of business commerce taking place on WhatsApp. So a lot of a lot of that type of these stuff. These types of places. And traditional so, banking as we know it aren't, isn't so foundational there. Well, and of course, when you go in, anyone who has a bank account knows that when you go in and you try and set up a bank account, they're going to do credit checks and the like. So these people can't even go into a bank and try and set themselves up for credit, up for a bank account, up for getting paid themselves because there's they have no record of it, yeah. even if they're, the culture were to allow it. So Sorry they're actually essentially cut out from the system. American Kingpin by Nick Bilton, sort of interrupt, is the, the right. story about the starting of the Silk Road, and it's very interesting. Sorry. So it was actually a method because for anyone who's not in cryptocurrency, you can you can just go online, build a wallet, or sign up for a wallet through various different providers, and you can have the Bitcoin or whatever cryptocurrency you're in paid into those wallets. And there's more to it than that, but the simplified version. It's very easy. Yeah, it's a much very easier easy than going to set up point. a goddamn bank account for the record. All that essentially you need is an internet connection. And I mean, especially in some of these like emerging markets, they're even working with some of these like old school phone operators 
that as long as you have a, an internet connection, you can open up your wallet and you can start doing things. And so that's why it became a big thing because they reckon there's about 2.6 billion of these people that they know about across the world who are not hooked up to the system. Yep. And there are some countries which a lot more than you would think, less than 30% of the population are actually hooked up to the modern day banking system. So that's... Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Didn't it's know in, that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's insane. You should read read uh, read that book I was Which telling book? you about the. Um, what was it called? That one you're doing now. Yeah. I need to find it afterwards. But um, I think it's called the Age of Cryptocurrency. The, and yeah, yeah. It gives it gives some figures in that about how little people are actually connected to that. Which is huge when you think about it, because ever ever like in I want to say like Western culture, everyone that you kind of speak to has a bank account. Court. right and so a lot of the the dodgy and the it's not right side of things it was actually a lot of it was to try and help born of necessity for, yeah. yeah and i mean there's a lot of how to cipher the cypherpunks yes okay good okay, on the same <laughs> level so a, a lot of them were like another history lesson here so bitcoin originally Satoshi, what was his name? Satoshi Nakamura. Nakamoto, I think. Nakamoto, yeah. the entity behind Bitcoin, uh, who nobody knows if it was a man, a man, woman, a country, a man, a woman, government, country, whatever. whatever. Uh, so these cypherpunks were big against, like, obviously, when 2008 happened. So, yeah, it came out just after, like, two years. Two years afterwards. Uh, no, was it two years afterwards? No, I don't think it was two years. I afterwards. think it was, like, it was a months couple months afterwards. after. So, a couple of months. After, yeah. So obviously the whole collapse of 2008 happened and it was, to be honest, completely from the non-transparency and the non-regulated banking systems. And they could basically do whatever they want and they were selling really poor investments as really safe investments. And because of that whole collapse, which by the way, those people are still in power and the whole thing could happen again. So to that point, way back when I first saw Bitcoin when it was $500 yeah. and I bought gold with my $5,000 investment. I'd be a goddamn millionaire by now. You um, and your brother are the most jaded people of all time. Your brother sent me a message the other day. I knew about Bitcoin when it was pennies. Well, I'll admit that, that knowing how cheap it was and how expensive it is now, that kept me out for a long time. So my Just bitterness. Bitterness. Yeah. Stupid. Anyway. The reason why I was buying gold way back then, physical, naturally. Uh, the actual gold? You were buying the actual physical gold? Bars, yeah. Bars of silver and gold was because... Uh, I didn't even know that. I didn't know that you were... Uh... Oh, yeah. Dollar collapse. That's like I was reading... Oh, God. Like Kiyosaki and all that sort of stuff. Oh, and, he loves a good post on it. And um, he's he's horrible these days, though. I, I don't like him anymore. But his, like, Rich Dad, Poor Dad days and Cashflow Quadrant and, like, the early Kiyosaki's good. But anyway. Good game. Um, very good game, too. Cashflow game. Um, that's why I was buying it. Dollar clapped. And I was like, once you figure out about the fractional reserve banking system that we're in, uh, and how in cahoots with the Federal Reserve, with the Bank of Canada here, Federal Reserve in the States, with the government, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the debasement. Well, basically, the fractional reserve thing, just to explain that to anyone who doesn't know, is the very minimal amount of cash that banks actually have to keep on hand in, in actual physical cash. Like, I think a lot of people think if everyone just went to that bank and they were like, hey, I want all of my money, 
everyone thinks that they're going to be able to get all of their money. Yeah, of course. Not the case at all. Um, so, and that's a whole, again, other story. But um, just once I learned how the system around us works, I was like, well, dollar collapse. No yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. So, when? yeah. So I got to get, start getting the hedge. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started buying buying gold for that reason. But now I've sold all my gold and silver. I have nothing. I have a few silver coins left. This pains me. I, I almost got back into it a couple weeks ago. But that's another story as well. We'll have a, a gold conversation. Um, uh, now, I believe as a store of value, and again, argument with dudes about this the other day, not a store of value in the sense of, a consistent store of value as in like it isn't volatile but i believe as long as there is still a market which i believe there will be for bitcoin and everything at the end of the day uh is is there a market for it Mm -hmm. is there a market for the stock market for dividends we've talked about is there a market for real estate do people have an appetite to invest so i believe people will have an appetite to invest in this for a long time Mm -hmm. uh bitcoin being what it fundamentally is um i believe will be around so with that same mentality for myself i use it as a look at it as a as a hedge a store of value against the system basically yeah, so I, we mentioned this when we were talking about the dividends. I like the banks, and I go for the banks. And so for me, the crypto thing is a hedge against the banks. Yeah. Should things collapse. So that's, again, it's not going to be that dividend-paying that you're investing in. It's like an alternative investment. Fundamentally, no. There's a lot of avenues, though, that you can get interest on them. But I don't, personally, for a variety of other reasons. But, Yeah. Well, and the other thing as well with crypto is, okay, so let's say like Bitcoin, it reached 62,000 US the other day on Friday. Yeah, something like that, yeah. You don't actually have to have $62,000 to invest in it. Like you can buy- It's divisible by, I think- Tens? By 10, eight or 10, meaning you can fractionally purchase it. So like Dean buys Bitcoin in $10 increments. Um, So you can buy little bits of, um, or of course- large amounts of more. yeah yeah it's and it's funny because which you can do with with stocks now as well on certain platforms which is i believe new this year so at least i've heard of it down in the states nothing i've heard of domestically but i've heard you can do that uh now as well just for the record not that it matters well and what makes me thank you for the info but um what makes me ironically believe in bitcoin and cryptocurrencies more is okay i i do believe that the banking system is on a downward spiral and it it is corrupt and at some point it's all gonna explode when it's going to implode i should say when it's gonna implode of course we don't know that's what we're into the crypto side of things for but okay so the technology for crypto is very good it's come along leaps and bounds there are still questions that are being asked but the more questions that are being asked the more resolutions and the more fixes that come to it. So if you look at like crypto through its entirety of when it first started versus where it is now, it's just improvement upon improvement upon improvement upon improvement because if there's a problem, it gets fixed. Whereas you look at the banking system now, there was a problem, 2008, there is still a problem. It's not it, It's not getting fixed. There's no one really working on it. You're gonna have to just trust in it. And it's what governments are doing, for example, like the need, the constant print of money, the inflation, the just willy-nilly spend everything. Like 
I don't, I don't think people realize the impact of like a $650 million election on Canada and what like impact that actually has. They don't realize how it gets charged back to them, etc. Well, they're kids. So it's, anyway. so yes, the technology of crypto is good and it's moving fast, but it's actually the actions of governments that make me believe in crypto more. Like China, for example, just coming out and banning cryptocurrency all mining all i believe use everything yeah like it's after setting up so many operations to try well, they and were the biggest the and then now it. the u.s is the biggest miner of yeah right so country. it's the the actions in which they're doing the more they try and restrict it i mean you're going to get away with that thing more in china because it's it's predominantly communism over there whereas yeah, yeah. obviously if you try and this is another conversation if you try and ban it in the u.s well what are you what are you banning like you don't physically have a token that can be banned i think a common argument again i was talking to my brother about this the other day and he was like what if they sever the tie between your fiat bank account Mm -hmm. meaning government money fiat bank account and your bitcoin or your cryptocurrency wallet Mm -hmm. so like how do you move money Mm -hmm. back into because if you can't today use bitcoin for example to purchase your everyday goods, mm-hmm. you need fiat money to do that, and you have Bitcoin. How do you transfer the Bitcoin to fiat if they mm-hmm. sever the tie between the banks and the wallets? Okay, well, I'm interested to know what your answer to that was. I don't have one. I don't know. My question is, how are they, like, under what right are you going to basically cut that off? Well, they can do anything they want. Okay, so, okay, correct. The conversation I had with RBC the other day, they told me Bitcoin, cryptocurrency was illegal. Okay, exactly, which backs up my point more of the more that the government try and restrict you, the more I believe in it. Because it's big, in my opinion, it's big enough now that it's not something that banks can just go, we're not going to allow, and everyone's going to be like, oh, we got really close, but we weren't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's always other collaborative means and ways of doing things. And I don't sure. think in the Western world, I don't think they can so easily cut ties, especially as they're talking about putting regulations on it. It is recognized by government now. Like, if you just start cutting people, then you're talking about communism again. And what... under are getting too far off of that here anyway. But that's another <laughs> and under what are you... Like, what are you banning it under? Like, because again, it's not a physical thing you like it's very hard you can't put a close to it because it's not like a bank has physical money there that you can put a close to but i mean bitcoin is everywhere crypto is everywhere so the moment they start bringing in especially when you look at the us when it breaks constitutional rights and things like that they go mental for that shit oh yeah so that's why i don't think that and the more that they start restricting that i think the more people start questioning what do you mean like it's I'm allowed to own any commodity I want. Like it, it puts more emphasis on these coins. Yeah. So I think now, apparently, I don't believe it's actually committed or it's confirmed, but they're looking at this month doing, they've got it in Canada, they've had it for almost a year, a, a Bitcoin ETF. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's up and running. Here, yes. But in the yeah. States, I think it's being approved now or expected in a month or something. But it's a Bitcoin futures ETF. We won't get into that. But they're slowly looking at it to regulate it. So yeah. I think they'll regulate over what China's done because they can make money off of it. When they build a market around it, then they've got people making money on it and they can play with it. Yeah. I think there's different levels of investment in crypto as well. It's kind of similar to gold. You've got the people who 
I want a completely decentralized system. Then you've got the people who are just speculating. Oh, it's gone up massively and it's yeah. still going to go up more. And then you've got the ultimate speculators, which are the equivalent of like junior mining, but in crypto, all of these new coins like Shiba and stuff like that that are coming out. This is going to be something. A lot of them are going to be pump and dumps. Yeah. And sure. they're hoping that it's going to be the next. Pump and dumps, yeah. yeah. They're hoping it's going to be the next like Ethereum or it's going to be the next Bitcoin. So the interesting thing that I've read and I've read a lot about this over the last couple of months is that Bitcoin is the only one that is non-human or entity token. It's mm-hmm. not it's sovereign. It's not run by anyone. So it's self, yeah. self. We'll call it fulfilling with all of with its system. system in place. Um, every other coin has a governing body. So every so Bitcoin, the story is, and I don't know the technicals behind this, but twenty one million coins max, which will be maximum mined in a hundred years from now. And there's the having every four years, and that's a whole mining thing. We don't need to go further into that, but basically, a certain amount of bitcoins are released through a certain amount of period of time up to twenty one million, and then that's it. Yeah, so that is a big argument on um, pro uh, Bitcoin uh, people because. You can't inflate it. Yeah, it holds its value. Whereas, obviously, the government right now, when they're in a pickle, they just print money, add right? to the add to the stock, and they just devalue the dollar. And essentially, like if you take a dollar or not a dollar bill, because we're not in the in the US, but if you take a five dollar bill, it's not actually worth five dollars. This is the other thing. I'm gonna go off onto another tangent here. Yeah, a monetary system is based purely upon trust. That's what it is. So back in the days when it was gold, it was literally a physical value. And now because the value of the dollar has been watered down so much that that same $5 bill, it's, if you broke it all down into materials, it's not worth $5. It's only worth $5 because there is you have trust in the bank, in the agreement, that if I go in or to any shop and I give them this note, they're going to say, Yes, that's $5. It's all built on a trust system. But yet, you go to countries like Argentina, for example, they're always talked about in crypto. Argentina. Talking about Argentina. So Argentina is a common talk when it comes to crypto because they had like, I think their record high inflation in 1990 was like 202%. Um. Over the course of like 1945 to 2021, they averaged an inflation of like 192%. So basically, and they have like a crisis every 10 years. They just print money constantly. It's corrupt and it just prints and just prints and just prints. And then they put a big restriction on dollars, etc. And so people don't have any faith or value in the system because they keep on printing money. So their money's getting worth less and less. And so then they actually now trust more so in underground platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, to handle their money matters. And it's, it's a whole other story about how dodgy that is. But there's basically so little trust in the government that they'll rather take the risk of those things. Uh, I mean, we're not at that level, but the way that money just keeps getting printed and printed, we're operating at the same. I think people are so used to it. And if you don't look into it, you don't know. I mean, you may notice the prices of things going up. Well, it's that blind trust. Like we were talking about when we were, we briefly mentioned it when we were talking about... Um, the dividend investing, like technically deflation should be happening, right? It's, In theory, if yes, the printing wasn't taking place constantly. So, well, and that's the thing to right? trump that, yeah. But to that point, um, El Salvador last month mm-hmm. was the first country in the world to 
uh, consider Bitcoin legal tender. Mm. Did you know that? The funny Scottish joke about Scottish. Well, it's not really that funny, actually. It's uh, the thing about Scottish people when they bring like a Scottish pound mm. um, or a Scottish note, and it'd be like, "I think you'll find that's legal tender." Best Scottish accent of all time. Uh, and there was a bit of a, a joke in the UK about it, more of an inside joke. I shouldn't have even brought it up. It's the worst. It's kind of... <laughs> okay. Um, so they're having the same thing with inflation. And it always comes back to governments debasing the currencies, mm-hmm. losing uh, trust. But by that time, it's too late. Well, what happened in Mexico? They didn't have to like, re-completely whole jig the whole Well, that's what they system. can do is they'll reset it all and... They're talking about with the U.S. government, all this crap right now with a trillion dollar coin, just and then like a reset. And it's just ridiculous. They're just trying to buffer themselves so they can continue again to debase. But um, yeah, El Salvador is the first. So I think that I think you'll see more and more Mm -hmm. Um, again, some a country like that, considering it legal tender, it doesn't have the lack of volatility as we know mm-hmm. um but the belief there and that it can't be debased mm-hmm. um any faster than people are mining it in which is a very slow process dramatically slow compared to what the government's doing i think in canada we're doing five billion a month or a week or something ridiculous uh in in printing but uh the inflation can't be done. So countries that get hit by government inflation of their monetary system, the fluctuation of Bitcoin is very uh, assumed in any market and nowhere near as scary as what the government can do. Yeah, I think we have to, because a lot of people don't know crypto, I think we have to break it down into what it actually, like how it actually, I guess, quote unquote, saves that scenario. So in 2008, when everything collapsed, right? I think it was Lehman Brothers was the name of the bank, right? Lehman, yeah. So what happens is, is when you put your money into a bank, essentially the bank acts as the middleman and it then gives it to other people, like entrepreneurs, etc., cetera, um, whoever it may be, to take that money out. They, they lend your money to somebody else uh, in order to invest in various different things. They, and they internally invest it themselves. And they internally invest it themselves. So they're essentially making money off of your money. Uh, and you're giving them the money for them to do so. There's a whole other thing with that because they're not keeping... They don't have all of that money that's being lent to them on okay. demand. So that's the fractional reserve side of things. So And with the money they do have on hand... They only have to keep a minimum, a fraction of it on hand yeah. to give back because they're banking on, to your point earlier, that not all their customers are going to come in and ask for all of their money. Exactly. So the problem is, is businesses lead to business, lend to businesses, which lend to businesses, which lend to businesses, uh, and banks lend to banks, lend to banks. So it starts off this big supply or this big chain of events. So when Lehman Brothers went down. They were lending. They were lending money out to people who were lend, borrowing money from X Bank, X Bank, X Bank, X Bank. Side note: with a little bit of interest tagged on each one, because that's yeah. how they make money off of your money. But keep going. So when these banks default and they can't pay it back, that means money can't go to another person who then defaults and can't pay it back, and it goes all around in a massive spiral. And I mean, it, HSBC had to have like a massive bailout from the UK. In order, and it was a no questions asked bailout, like a lot of them were. And so the problem is, is when the whole system collapses, it threw us into that like devastating recession. 
that took place and everyone knows 2008. It was a catastrophic time. And then the government has to then print money to beyond massive levels and they spent trillions of dollars bailing all of these banks out. Trillions of dollars, which they don't have, taxpayers pay. And trillions of dollars with no slap on the wrist and once those banks get the bailouts they then continued to divvy out their bonuses and 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 but exactly if i was a a business owner and i owned a shop down the road and i had a loan i don't get bailed out i still have to pay back correct so my shop closes i'm still in the whole fifty thousand for that that startup loan but the guys at the top got the bailout and then continued so yes so the system still operates in the same way because to jay's point there was just a quiet slap on the wrist, maybe not even. And so all the people that were responsible, and these are people who deliberately lied as well. Like they were selling investments, very poor investments, as very safe investments, like A-plus investments. Yeah, um, and that's they, whole grading systems, there's whole levels of, of So it, there, it, was, yeah. it, it was all corrupt, and so they barely got a slap on the wrist, and they continue moving forward in the same way, which, you know, history repeats itself if you don't learn from the lesson. And so the same thing is happening. There's talks about more regulations, but there's too many people making too much money, too many intermediaries. And so basically things are not going to change. So it's basically when all of that happens again. And then as things move on, things get more expensive. And so it's just more and more and more. So people have less and less and less uh, faith in fiat currencies. Yeah, so with the continue we've all seen the chart and if you haven't look it up the one dollar bill which shows what it used to be worth one dollar and then over the years since they i think it was 1974 they got off the gold standard which means their currencies were not backed by gold um now they're backed by nothing it's just printed away and the dollar the value of the dollar uh has gone down so what the detriment of that when the value of the dollar goes down is that the cost of the goods go Go up. up So, and you, I think, I mean, look at, look at gas, look at housing, look at stock Mm -hmm. prices, look at meat, look at bread, all this stuff we've seen in the last two years or whatever. I mean, it's going up constantly, Mm -hmm. but I think in the last two years, we've really seen a jump in a lot of that, especially stock market, all time high, real estate, all time high, all this stuff. But, um, I think the biggest thing is the, the, a hedge against the debasement where that all kind of kicked off and then a system of monetary use which isn't there yet obviously with day to day but more as 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 smaller countries and and Elon takes it for Tesla and blah 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 these things get get slowly worked well, it's getting the more and more adopted and I think the thing that I love about it and what people say is they're like ah oh, there's still so much to be worked out and that's why I feel it's still such a good investment because when there's a problem that needs fixing with crypto, you've got tens of thousands of people working on it because of the way that the system works. It's all to kind of it's like Bitcoin. The system supports itself and it's within everyone's interest to have it functioning as smooth and as simple as possible. And as safely as possible without so, corruption. There we go. So they work towards fixing that. And that's why like the the like leaps and bounds they've made with um, computer savvy etc for cryptocurrency has been like it's like 800 percent since it came out it's been insane and it was predicted to maybe double in 10 years but it went 800 percent. so that's why i think there's still an opportunity because look at where it is now and there's still kinks can you imagine where that price is going to be 
when the system is quote unquote figured out completely. And I think it's more so the system of integrating it into our everyday. Mm-hmm. Um, again, from what I've read, the Bitcoin system itself has never been hacked. Yeah. Ever. Um, so it's fully to date trustworthy from that perspective. Yeah. Um, and as I stated earlier, even the second largest uh, by market cap uh, coin uh, or currency, whatever you want to call it, asset um, Ethereum. Ethereum, right? Yeah. It's it's it has a leader. It yeah. has a creator who can dive in there and get his hands dirty and manipulate if they want. There was one hack that I've read of through them, and they were able to jump back in and find where the coins went and redistribute them back to the right people. So that's great that they want to be nice. But the scary thing about that is, as opposed to Bitcoin, is that there is someone there that can dive their hands into the system and play around with it. So yeah. you're not as... It's because it's more flexible as well, that system, right? It comes with pro- The Ethereum system comes with pros and cons. Yeah, and there's it's a protocol that you can now... You see a lot of these NFTs that are selling on the the Ethereum, Ethereum. system and, and all that. But um, the, I think Bitcoin will is still, since 08, and I mean, not that nothing can change, but it's still the, the first, the main, mm-hmm. and the only self-sustaining... So I think as a, I don't want to say, for lack of a better words, blue chip mm-hmm. cryptocurrency, that is, uh, and that is the one. Um, Longevity-wise, I think that is the same thing. And you see a lot of the um, institutional adoption. As of the last year, MicroStrategies, uh, Musk, whatever it is, Tesla, all these big institutions buying in. So that's another huge aspect of trust and longevity that's that's coming to that one mm-hmm. to your point there's hundreds of coins now and that's where the the playing comes in the gambling and the let's get rich tomorrow and, and all that sort of stuff and they work on different bases like bitcoin is the decentralized completely so a lot of people who want to completely cut out the middlemen of the banks and and every, everyone that comes with that process there's a lot of people who love that because it completely cuts them out there's I, I don't even know if it's still around anymore, actually. Ripple? I think so. And... Struck. Ripple? Uh, yeah. Is it still around? I'm looking... Because uh... that kind of works with the banks. So it doesn't, like, cut out the middleman in the same way. But I will say, I, I don't think the Bitcoin system has ever been hacked. There's been bugs found, and there's like Mount Gox, like the exchange, which has had issues. Yeah, but that but was... But not, that's like... You know the magic card trading platform that got into I told crypto? you this. No, you didn't. I told you this. I read it the book. Sounded, it started with Magic the Gathering Online Exchange. Okay. I'm not saying Basura, you don't know it. But sort of... Okay, once Ripple again, Ripple something... Around. That, yeah, yeah. It's around. A buck ten. Um... And they went through their own troubles, but that's back when the uh, the Winklevoss gentleman got involved. The Mount yeah. Gox days. They bought eleven million dollars in Bitcoin under a hundred bucks. Yeah, Pays to be trust funded. Eh? Actually, that's a that's a that, never mind. A long story <laughs> about that book. It's a very interesting book. Yeah, but the way it's safe as well is for those who aren't familiar with crypto is the mining process, and this this is where it can get a little bit confusing. The mining process is basically using computer software power um, to verify um, a transaction made with Bitcoin in this instance. And it gives you like a serial code. Can't remember how many digits. I think it's 20. 
20 digits long, a mixture of numbers and letters. And the first one to verify it and to get approval of that verification um, by a majority of the community, over 51% or 50%, I believe it is, gets the Bitcoin delivered. And that basically, that blockchain continues to have like the transaction history. Mm -hmm. So when that serial number is given, um, you can see, okay, the Bitcoin has been spent or no, it hasn't been spent. So if somebody were to go in and to try and spend that Bitcoin again, they can't because there's a serial number there confirming that that trade has already taken place. So I don't remember when it was, but the one issue with that Ethereum that happened that the guy went back in and fixed it was a double spend issue. With the Ethereum? Yeah. That somehow that happened and coins got moved and then they found it out and went back and took the coins back and then distributed them back. Yeah. But had those coins have been like taken off into like cold storage under your disk thing, maybe they wouldn't have been able to. Who the hell knows? Well, because the thing is as well with the, the crypto, it's, it's like cash, right? It's, well, if you send it, it's gone. It's gone. And the same thing is if you forget your password to your wallet, it's gone. Yeah. It's like losing cash. Yeah. That's... And it, don't get us wrong, like we're, we're for it and we're in it, but it's... Got to be responsible. Yeah, it is still volatile and it's still got those kinks to work out, and which is why I still believe it's such a, an opportunity because, as I mentioned, once the kinks are worked out, what that price is going to be. And because of the government continuously trying to do what they're doing, it's only going to push people's belief in it more, especially as more companies start adopting it. Yeah, and I think as it goes more institutional, which I believe it will, mm -hmm. and the we'll say the older money gets into it from that perspective, um, the younger generation who have no issues on the phone, doing everything digital, buying, selling, holding currency, I mean, I think it'll just become more and more normal as the generations get older as, as a way that obviously technology has... Um, and I mean, fundamentally, we're all doing the same thing, right? Like you log on to your online banking and you check your balance and it says $5,000 or whatever in your checkings account. You're not literally holding $5,000 worth of material, right? It's the same thing. It's a digital platform and you take your card in and you pay. You're not handing over 5,000 yep. physical coins, are you? You're, you're digitally doing it and Bitcoin is essentially the same basis. And it's like all of these like dodgy schemes that they say, like Silk Road was the one that we were talking about and these hacks. I think people underestimate how much fraud and how much manipulation of fiat currencies there are. I mean, credit, well, the, credit card fraud is just insane well, amounts. Drug dealers use it. How much American well, dollars is used in drug dealers? That's a that's a, a ridiculous mood point to people that don't, don't understand and don't want to look into it. So that's an easy out. To discredit it, I think. But um, how much credit card fraud do you think there was in uh, 2019? Billions. Across the world. Billions. Give me a number. Two billion. 28.65 billion worldwide. There you in go. Don't use credit card. It's, it's shady. So it's, I think it's, I lost my point now. Using digital money. Another avenue that a lot of people uh, I've heard of come up with why it don't bother with Bitcoin. The states is just going to come up with their own digital dollar. It's the same thing. Mm. Well, it isn't because, as you just stated, I've got five thousand on my screen. So I have five. The bank is telling me I have five thousand dollars of buying power in Canadian dollars. Mm -hmm. um, that's the same as if the Bank of Canada comes out with a digital currency, which they essentially already have through the bank. 
they're saying they can come out with a digital currency through the Federal Reserve directly or the Bank of Canada directly, eliminate all the middlemen, being the banks, mm-hmm. and just deal directly to them. Um, but it's the same thing. It's the first line of defense of the banks and or the reserve is the flexibility to inflate, mm-hmm. which uh, reserve currency, a Canadian digital currency, a U.S. digital currency is a digital form of fiat because it's just essentially what we're using now yeah. and they can still print it away to nothing, debase it. Yeah. So I think Bitcoin is the one at the top because, mm-hmm. again, it's it's been unhacked and it has a fixed supply, which that in itself fixes a lot of issues with the current system. Mm-hmm. So there's trust and there's no uh, inflation anywhere near the degree that the banks are doing. Mm-hmm. And again, the ease of use as everything is digital with money anyway, mm-hmm. even with COVID now, how much cash do you ever use? Well, it's mostly I never do. carry cash. Yeah, I don't carry cash. I actually find it annoying having cash on me. Well, it is because you can't just tap and have the exact amount and be gone. Exactly. So I think we're going to go there anyway. And I think the the banks or not the banks, but the countries will try and bring out their own. But I don't think it's going to be the same thing. And I believe it's going to be around long term. I think the real kicker is, is, so a lot of people don't realize. So when you go and pay with your card and you just scan, um, a lot of steps happen in what takes like a second for that payment to go through. There's seven, eight, nine steps that it goes through. And each of those processes cost money. So I think they worked out in the US that process that it goes through from transactions is something like 3.5 trillion a year, something like that. And so by getting rid of the middlemen, that saving of 3.5 trillion in theory, and it hasn't yet, which is why I think it's not taken off as big as it could do, when that saving then gets reflected back on the customer, if you imagine an extra 3.5 trillion a year in savings when it comes to transactions and holding costs uh, and things, it's that's a huge difference because, I mean, customers then at that point are like, okay, this is saving me money. But more so it's the merchants. Like we were talking with Raber the other day mm-hmm. with the salon. The, for me to go through Moneris and allow people to pay with credit cards, mm-hmm. I pay every yeah. time they use it. Oh, of course, yeah. So I pay Moneris, blah, 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 and all the other people through. So as a business owner, from that on the ground level, you're saving a massive amount of transaction fees. And anyone who thinks that like the small percentages don't matter, how many places can you go into and they say we will not take American Express because they charge four percent instead of well, the usual. We don't have the salon for that reason. Right. And then they sell your you as part of their database, you're getting calls. Like it's ridiculous. Right. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's like Stone Age commerce. Yeah. And I had an American Express before and it was an absolute nightmare. Like so much so that the bank were like, here's a visa with a thousand dollars in case the place doesn't take it. Yeah, it's right? crazy. So that's another huge thing. I think when customers start seeing the savings on themselves, because you're not paying the banking fees and all of this but stuff that comes with banks. As a, as a merchant, 
I would say once it gets to a level where you can confidently say, okay, there's a lot of people using Bitcoin or Ethereum or it's hit, it's hit a level, mm-hmm. will you just get rid of the Moneris altogether and say mm-hmm. we'll take cash or we'll take cryptocurrency because there's no transaction fees or very minimal and you're not dealing with all the stuff. So I think it's from that perspective and you look at the money from that side of it and the amount it's saving, it's, I think it's just a matter of time. Now governments are going to do everything they can at the end of the day to try and once it gets too big, but I do believe to your point before it'll get too big before they can kind of shut it down. And in fairness, like governments have given acknowledgement to crypto as well. Like they've not tried to kibosh it. They've tried to put more regulation on it, which ironically is actually a good thing for the currency because it, it means it's basically here to stay. Government are aware of it. It's here to stay. We want to regulate it. I don't think they feel that they're threatened by it yet. That's why they're regulating, which means, okay, let's try and make money off this. And it's a delicate process as well, because to our point, like the more they just try and completely shut it down, the more it's actually going to work against them. Yeah, but states before, whenever the hell it was, you can't hold gold. Handle your gold in. Yeah, when was that? It can be done again. I don't remember seventies or something. It can be done again. And it, but again, are we at? Are we now at that stage where if that is done again, there's a revolt? I can't imagine everyone being like, oh, "Okay, here's all of our crypto." I, I don't think it'd be smooth, but it's been done before. Well, um, again, even more of a hedge if the government can come in and do that. I mean, how much trust do you have in the government? In well, no one should system, trust them right? anyway, but. Again, with with Bitcoin, they can't shut it down. Yeah, the other ones they technically can. Well, and again, you have to hand in all of your bitcoins. How are you going to mandate that? How is that possible? Exactly, and that's why there's not a, there's not that central service system that okay, we need to subpoena these guys and then it's yep, closed exactly. down. It lives everywhere. And from that value uh, value proposition of hedging against government, that's why again, Bitcoin is kind of the only one today because it is decentralized completely, and there isn't a switch. Whereas the other ones, there are. Well, even China shutting it down. I think uh, yeah. actually most people in China. I think actually invest in crypto not as like a functional currency, but as speculation as it's going to rise and we're going to make money off of it. But I also think that's probably true. But even if they say you can't use it, mm-hmm. okay, so I want to buy something from you and we both have Bitcoin or Ethereum. Yeah. We can do the government doesn't know what the hell's going on. Can't shut down exactly. So I think it's well, it's the whole pizza story. The guy who did the whole pizza thing. He was paying like paying somebody in England. You heard the story? No. Oh god, it was like it's like famous in the Bitcoin thing. He actually thought, okay, I'm gonna try and actually exchange this for currency. So he said to somebody, he put a post out in one of the forums and said, I will transfer ten bitcoins for you if you buy me a pizza. You buy a cheese pizza every week, and that was his thing. He was like, I just want to be able to buy a cheese pizza. And so the first one is he had a guy from the UK call and order the cheese pizza, pay for it for him. The guy in the States? The guy in the Oh. The guy in the UK paid for the pizza, called the pizza company in the States. This is like way back. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I've heard this. Yeah. I didn't know that there was an English aspect of it. Yeah. But it's a guy from the UK. Because you're English and you're trying to gain credibility, but continue your fable. We have a lot of saying it. (laughs) Anyway, um, and so he purchased the pizza. I want it delivered to this address. It got delivered to the address and then 
the gent paid 10 Bitcoin. And he would do this, I think it was every week for a cheese pizza. Really? Yeah. So that's what, well, I don't think, I don't think it needs to have that strict, how can I convert my Bitcoins to dollars? That's not like the be all and end all. It's an important aspect of it. But again, once it gets up to a certain level, of course, it's self, self-fulfilling. Exactly. So it's, and to be fair, I was one of those people who was like, well, how are you going to make it into dollars? And it's like, well, until you actually do the research into it, that's not what Bitcoin is trying to be. It's not, it's not trying to be a cash out into as many dollars as possible. Yeah, I, I think I've lost my train of thought again. Getting old. I know, that's crazy. Um, Cheese pizza. Mm, 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 it's gone. Doesn't have to be transferred to cash, to dollars. No, it's gone. <laughs> um, it, it, I think that, it, to your point, as more people take it on and more people get it, um, and you can transfer uh, goods and services for it, there will be less need for me to transfer fiat into it to then to then use. So that severing from the banks will become, again, to your point, as it progresses and as the government plays around with it and regulates it, mm-hmm. um, will be less and less important for people to have to move money direct. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the more that this, the more time goes on, the more inflation obviously gets higher rates, and the more money that keeps printing, and other bailouts come, and maybe a two thousand eight happens again. I think the more and more people tend to gear towards it, I, especially when I think people understand like the the dangers of having the system that we have in when it comes to banks. Like, well, you wonder I, why there's recessions, why there's market crashes. It's all based on. Yeah, inflation, correction, inflation, correction. Yeah. The system. Yeah. It's, and I mean, essentially, like, even going back to, like, World War One, like, the implications that were put on Germany after World War One meant that they couldn't afford anything. They were, like, living in poverty, so they kept reprinting money, hyperinflation. War bonds and then... And, it, yeah, like, and because of restriction and whatnot, and then, of course, that led to World War Two. So it's been happening forever, and it continues to happen in various different forms. Not thankfully, it's not been a World War Three. But the fu- fundamentally, though, if if I lent you money, and you lent it out to somebody else and lost and lost all of my money, and would I lend you money again? Would I trust in you again? Well, you shouldn't. I shouldn't. But with the banking system, I have no choice, so I have to, and I'm just going to trust. That you're going to do the right thing. Yeah, it's it. It makes a, a lot of sense. I hear a lot of um, argument as well about it. On uh, start looking at denominating everything in Bitcoin and in as opposed to in fiat. But I still believe that it is a market, and especially at this point, it is volatile. Mm-hmm. So yep. there is big ups and big downs, and it's kind of. And a lot of people are going to play that and try and make those those uh, shorter term gains and all that sort of stuff. But f- again, with a fixed, a, a very fixed supply that is very slowly um, getting mined and, and brought into the system, I think there's a an opportunity to own it. Like O'Leary says that him his his fund or whatever is selling commercial real estate at the moment and buying Bitcoin. They're looking at it as an asset 
from that perspective is a scarce asset. Mm-hmm. So they're moving from one scarce asset on uh, certain city centers of commercial real estate and getting into Bitcoin just to hold and, and squirrel away that it's going to be worth more once adoption picks up later, as mm-hmm. it is today. I mean, it started at nothing and now it's whatever it is. Well, I it think jumps, but yeah. Anyway, like 0.08 cents when it first ever came out on like the first type of exchange that it had. And it's been the highest or the best performing asset in, in however long. But that aside, I think we're going to look for more consistency and less less violent um, ups and downs. But as yeah. more adoption happens, which it is, um, places like Coinbase go public and it just brings more awareness and more access. You're going to see the volatility, I think, lessen, which is what a lot of... And when that volatility lessens, there'll be a lot more investment in it. For sure. I think I think institutionally and personally from yeah. the private sector. From, from all levels. And essentially, once the stock gets to a certain point and gets, that's what you need. You need less of that volatility. I think it. it I think everyone should look into it. I think it goes again. It, it's a lot of people call it digital gold. I think it depends how you look at it. It can be looked at as that hedge that a lot of people look at gold in. Um, looking into it, I think it will be. It is here to stay, and it will be around in the future. And that everyone should look into it, especially where and, the world is going as well, right? It's exactly. Going very digital. Everything's going digital, and obviously, money and DeFi, they call it, um, uh, that they need to know about it. Um, and decentralized finance is kind of here now, and going to get bigger and it's a lot less volatile long-term to be a part of that, I think. Yeah, and it's not, a lot of people think it's like, oh, this is brand new technology. Like Bitcoin and K took off in 2008 uh, or it first came out in 2008. Obviously, it's taken off since then. But there's been plenty of attempts before at this. So it's not like it's something completely brand new out of the out of the gate, out of nowhere it came around. Like there's been a lot of tried, tested and failed, tried, tested, became so close and that's what led to, to Bitcoin and then, of course, like Ethereum, they wanted to make their platform more more flexible and whatnot. I remember what I was going to say. So in transacting for, I've been asked by three different people this year, can you buy real estate with Bitcoin? So the legalities and the taxation behind it, I have no idea. But the process of simply having your conveyancer, as they do now, you go in, you sign all the papers, you get the signatures there so your deposit money can get pulled out of trust and delivered, redirected to the, to the seller if you're a buyer. Yeah. So if you had a trigger at your notary, for example, that we send funds from your wallet to a trust, mm-hmm. a coin trust, we'll call it, uh, and then once the change has taken place or simultaneously or whatever... Uh, land titles, the funds get moved to another wallet. Functionally, that works. Uh, I don't think there's any sort of uh, framework to that yet that I've heard mm-hmm. of. Maybe you have. Um, I know Curtis loves it, but I haven't talked to him about this, and I need to uh, yeah, because I think it's coming. Um, I've heard of people that will sell for Bitcoin, but again, I've heard from it from both sides, but I, I don't know how it actually pieces together. But I think a lot of that, there's pressure was, for that too. Uh, not this is that relevant, but it was offered a million dollar listing in an episode like way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sir Ham was talking and, about that, I think. Uh, recently yeah. again. Well, he brought it up. Had, they, he had, taken like, had they had taken it, 
Uh, and because at the time it was like laughed out. It was laughed. Yeah. It was like, what What are you talking about? And even I watched it and I was like, what? Why would someone even offer that? So again, don't know how for show that was, but I've not had that yet. You're going to ask Chris. I would have... Yeah. Because in theory, I would imagine so. Who... Because who can turn around and say, no, you cannot purchase that as long as you come to terms? Well, if the banks aren't involved, if it's a cash purchase, you're just moving from your account, a part of it to trust. Yeah. And then you're writing him the difference, the notary. So I'm writing, here's 100000 up front. Here's the next 900 for my million dollars. Mm-hmm. And then it purchases and then it moves to the seller. And then land titles gets, gets updated. Yeah. So in theory. In the- theory, you could just do that. You're still paying your property transfer tax. I don't know why you couldn't do it. Yeah, you'd still have to pay your... Well, I wonder how they would work out that property transfer. Well, it's just based on the purchase price. Doesn't mean the currency or anything like that. Okay, well, I get it. But if it's purchased for an X amount of Bitcoins... Still a million dollars worth of X currency. Well, this is what I mean. So, like, does your property transfer tax go through the roof now? Because... Well, so what is that... um, what is that ratio going to look like? So it's purchased for X amount of Bitcoins. And it'd a Bitcoin. Be it'd be the same? Property transfer tax would because it's based on purchase price. So they're basically just going to, how many Bitcoins does this equate to in dollars? And that's what you're going to pay your property transfer tax? In? No, you'd have to pay because the government wants property transfer tax. So you have to pay yeah. the government in cash. That's what I mean. So you're going to pay, you're going to pay your tra- property transfer tax in cash equivalent to the certain equivalent to the percentage well you have to if you wanted bitcoin use you'd have to cash bitcoin property transfer tax goes over here yeah. leave the bitcoin and just transfer it to the next to the to the seller's wallet so that can stay in coin but you'd have to cash out because the government's not yeah. going to take bitcoin for their property transfer tax according to rbc it's illegal i couldn't believe it I don't think I do believe it that's what <laughs> that's, I, i've seen i've seen I, them tell you I, I saw the screenshot yeah but I think that's just somebody. Um, well, obviously, they're, they, it goes directly against them because it's outside of their their realm. Of course, so they're going to say can't they can't But uh, it's going to be interesting given like property evaluation. So, yeah, you're worth like yeah, 11.1196 Bitcoin. Or 1.5 million. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever currency. Whatever it may be. So. I think it'll come and I think it'll be awesome. I can't wait. Just get away from the damn government. Those 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 clutches. Is your hand okay? Been working those out. That steel. Those are miniature. Ah, these these yak, yak legs. <laughs> damn. Those are on that on that, on that note. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us again this week. Don't forget to like and subscribe, please. Oh wow. Just cut it there. Cut it there. Done. And we'll see you next time. See you later. Bye. There it is.